tall, cut off at the knees. They took the fall. I see the corpses little this field. I'm love so determined. I cling to my shield. So show me my heart, Lord, as it is to you. Jesus, purify me through and through and I love my mom because she has dedicated her life to serving others. One reason I love my mom is because she's kind and thoughtful. I love my mom because uh, she um, cares about me and loves me. My mom's the best. She, she does so many hard things for me and, and I just love her. I love my mom because she is encouraging. Um, she supported me all through college and um, also because she cooks now. So thanks for that, mom. Um, and she just she just supports me and she's such a good role model. She shows me how a woman in Christ, how they're supposed to live and that's just really encouraging. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. I love you. Thank you so much for always putting our family first and being a shoulder I can lean on and being a great mammy to Aniston. We love you. Happy Mother's Day. I love my mom because she cares for me. I love my mom because she loves me and she takes care of me. I love my grandma because she gives me food. 
I love my mom because she gives me, she gives me food. She treats me with love. No matter how many times I try to push her away, she continues to try and she loves me consistently and try to hang out with me. And I just love her for that. And she packs me lunch for school, even though sometimes she may be busy. I love my mom because she's caring. I love my mom because she loves me, she's always there for me, and she feeds me. Hey, Mom! Thanks for making me an Easter basket still. Love ya, you're the best. I love my mom because she's just awesome. Good one. I love my mom because she gives me everything I need and makes sure I'm always okay. Uh, I love my mom because she's been there and helped me through some pretty hard times, and she showed me her unending support. I love my mom because she's always supported me in everything I've done, and she makes me cookies and brownies every time I come home. I love my mom because she sacrifices for me and takes care of me. I love my mom because she's always there for me and always there to give advice and basically just help me out whenever I need it. And so yeah, love you, mom. <laughs> I love my mom because she's a good cook. She always cooks my favorites. And she's a good mammal to my kids. I love my mom because she's really nice and she feeds me great food. I love my mom because she helps me uh, when I need her the most and she always has my back. I love my mom because she cares for my family a lot. Hey mom, this is your son Aaron. Just wishing you a happy Mother's Day, but it's pretty much all I got. So whatever video before me was, I agree with them. I love my mom because she has been there with me and for me throughout every life experience, namely like giving birth to my son, so I couldn't do what I do without my mom. But. I love my mom because she's the sweetest person that I know, and she's always been that way, and she's super loving and she'll super giving, and I honestly don't know um, how I can live without her. I love her. I love my mom because she's always there for me. I love my mom because she takes care of me. I love my mom because how caring she is. She's always just trying to make my life easier and always putting other interests before her own. I love my mom because she is always there for me when I need her. Um, she's always a listening ear and she's the best nanny to my kids. And um, she's given me advice that I will take with me the rest of my life. Love you, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. I love my mom because she's really loving and caring. She's also really nice. I love you, Mom. Yeah, thanks to God for you. I mean, thank you for always taking care of me. You still haven't taught me to cook, but hopefully one day you will. Hi, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Thank you for everything you've always done for us, for me and Kaylee over the years, whether we're here or there. Hope you have a wonderful Mother's Day. I love my mom because she cooks for me and she will put my laundry in a dryer when I start it in the washer, so I know she'll do that for me. And just for helping me plan with like my wedding and all my I love my grandma because she cares about me. Maybe I love mom. Mom? Oh. <laughs> um, I love my mom because, well, there's so many different reasons, but the first thing that comes to mind would definitely just be her selflessness and 
um, when asked, you know, if someone, if she can do something for someone or, you know, when there's a need, she goes all in, you know, she gives it her all and she doesn't go halfway, you know, she, in fact, she doesn't know when to stop. Um, so I would definitely say just her selflessness and, you know, love for others, um, it speaks a lot. I love my mom because she plays with me and she always do stuff for me and she praised me so much. I love it. I love my mom because she's kind and takes care of me. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. I love you so much. I know there's nobody in the world who cares about me more than you. I love my mom because she's my mom. She's resilient and she um, was always concerned about doing the right thing. And I know that she would do anything for us kids. She loves us and she's growing in the Lord and we're just so happy to still have her with us with everything she's been through. I love my mom because she puts up with all my shenanigans. I love my mom because she takes care of me and loves me. because she is a great Grammy to my children and I can call her whenever I need her and she will yell at someone for me if I need her to. I love my mom because she takes care of me and she loves me. I love my mom because she takes care of me and she loves me. I'm most daddy. I love my mom because she is always there, she is awesome, and she always has my back all the time, even when my dad don't. What's going on, Cross Point? It's all the moms out there. I want to wish you a very happy Mother's Day. I love my mom because she's the most compassionate person I know. She's a great role model for me. And if I get in a pinch and I miss my flight, the only person I'm calling is my mom. And I'm going to keep doing that until I'm 65. So I appreciate you, and I love you. Good morning. Um, we're going to have everybody stand and we're going to perf not perform. We're going to lead you guys in a song of worship that we did at the Mother's Day banquet.
in our worship so far this morning, would you continue to stand with us as we worship our Lord? Holy, holy.
Welcome to Cross Point Baptist Church this morning. We're glad you're here. It's a special day. Does anybody know what day it is? Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to every mother in here, and, and God bless you. We are so glad you're here, and uh, it's just a, a great day when we can honor uh, mothers and uh, a special time for them. And based on the video that we saw, there's just two things that, that uh, mothers do for us is feed us and, and care for us, right? And uh, I think we need to remember that. I want to uh, share just a, a couple of thoughts, uh, verses here. Um, when I think of godly women and so forth, I always turn to Proverbs 31, and I'm not going to read this whole thing, but it, just a couple verses. Uh, in verse 10, it says, Who can find a virtuous wife, for her worth is far above rubies? And then down in uh, toward the end of that passage of Scripture, verse 28 says, Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. We need to honor not just mothers today, but our wives, the ladies in our life, that we can, can share the love, how they love us. We, we joked and talked about that in our class today, and, and uh, we really need to uh, remember them every day, not just today. Um, I want to remember, you know, think back to the value that my mother gave me. And, of course, many of you are in the same uh, boat as me. My mom passed away uh, many years ago now, and I still miss her. We need to remember that. Those of us that have parents here still with us, we need to honor them, not just today, but every day. With that, I'll ask the ushers to come forward, and we'll receive the offering this morning. It's a, it's a blessed day. This is another act of worship that we get do. We sing, we, we pray, we, we hear uh, God's word taught, and we also ha have an opportunity to give unto the Lord. And so we're going to do that this morning. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for the... The, the mothers and the lifeline that they provide to us in so many ways, the women in our lives that touch us and care for us in so many ways. Lord, we pray that you would just honor them in a special way today. Lord, be with the uh, services as we, as we hear uh, the preaching of the word this morning, and may it go forth and be applied to our own lives that we can be changed because of it. Now we ask, Lord, that you just bless the offering that's given we ask that you would just bless each gift and giver, that it would be used to reach others and to uh, expand the ministry of Cross Point Baptist Church. We thank you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. To about the day, there's a beautiful weather, and you may have plans later. That is phenomenal. Go for it. Uh, <clears throat> but you know, we need to be reminded that we're here today also to put a spotlight, most importantly, on our Savior. Without Him, we don't have life. So we're going to be uh, sharing some more, just some more thoughts on on uh, what the Bible has for us by way of life and <clears throat> and Mother's Day. I want to apologize in advance. 
you know, I've been sick for a couple weeks, allergy stuff, and um, man, I was doing great all week long. Yesterday, it started last night and this morning, I kind of got that, that super bassy voice now, feeling kind of cool, I ain't gonna lie. But I'm gonna really try to keep <clears throat> doing that to a minimum. I will work hard, so I apologize in advance. I did wanna share this announcement um, <clears throat> before we enter and worship the Lord through his word. And the announcement is this, that for the last uh, probably month right now, right at, we've been um, praying first about uh, our plumbing situation here at Cross Point Baptist Church. We had an emergency crisis. We have a temporary fix. And um, we, as trustees and uh, as a church, you notice how we do things. We share in front of you what the need is, and we kind of let the prayer and um, well, what the giving looks like dictate what we're going to do. I want to announce this morning, so two pumps and a new board in a thumbnail sketch here was going to be about $15,000 to do it properly, right, correct, and the whole nine yards. We have all that money has been given in to Cross Point Baptist Church. So I want to say thank you, first of all, and <clears throat> that is great. We uh, hopefully this week we'll have both of the new pumps in uh, this week, but we have all the money. In fact, I wanted to, I was thinking about how to announce that because usually I will just make the announcement. I get excited and emotional and when I do, I usually tamper it down, not I usually tamper it down. But you know, we're believers in this room. Church is for the believer. Now, those that are, are crossing that line of faith and thinking about these things, you're invited. You're definitely invited. And we are very blessed to be in the building that we're in. We recognize that. But this building is not the church. Don't fall for that. Don't fall for the building is the church. It is the people. It is the believers. And <clears throat> I was even thinking about even saying thank you for your giving. But, you know, I've learned a couple things over the years of being a pastor. One, God will provide. He will provide for his own. So I don't have to get up as the leader or the trustees don't have to get up and sell anything. We're not salesmen. We're not good salesmen. <clears throat> God will provide. And number two, those of you that gave toward, if you and definitely prayed for, uh, you do that as unto the Lord. That's why we do these things. But we are grateful to have a building that we can meet in and not worry about those things. Let's be concerned about the things of God. And that's where I'm most excited right there as we look forward. So uh, actually a little bit more came in than what we needed. So um, as we get this job completed, we, there's a little project we think we could get knocked out uh, as well. So we'll explain that as it moves forward. But hopefully this week we will have the new pumps in and then we'll start considering our board as it relates to our plumbing situation. <clears throat> it's good stuff. It's good news. Be excited. Put a smile on your face. That's good stuff. I love it when God comes through. I, um, the plan for me today was to have... Um, it's Mother's Day, and, and sometimes in years past, between Mother's Day and Father's Day, we've taken every Sunday and did family weeks. And we kind of talked about the family, to the mother, to the father, to rearing children, to marriage, husband's role, wife's role, grandparents even. By the way, there's a Grandparents' Day in September. Yeah, we need to put that one on the calendar. Yeah. But... <clears throat> 
my goal today, this was my thinking, was this, that um, we had the video, we're going to have a lot of mother recognition things. I was going to have uh, Brad, when he did the offering, share a thought, Roger, share a thought. And I was going to move forward and <clears throat> share gospel conversations. But as the time got a little closer, and I kind of, in my mind's eye, scanned the room. I scanned this room in my mind's eye. You know, we need to be reminded of our roles quite often, don't we? Once a year isn't enough. And we need to show appreciation more than once a year as well. So I rethought that. Um, and it's so interesting how we view certain times of the year or holidays or recognition days <clears throat> from your point of view. So when I was younger, my parents, both my parents have now passed on. Uh, of course, Mother's Day and Father's Day had a different look for me, right? It had a different look. It was, it's where I was in life. And then the older I get, <clears throat> you know, you hit a certain age, we start looking back more than you start looking forward. You know what I'm saying? I try not to do that, but I found myself looking back and being a little bit more reminiscent of the, our roles and the influence of people in our life. So I wanted today, it's not going to be a typical Mother's Day message, I don't think. I, I want to give some direction for mothers. Now, I'm also very aware, and I'm not going to spend, I do this every year, I'm not going to spend 10 minutes on this. I also understand that in this room, there may be people that have had no mother. I understand in this room there may be people that have had wayward or bad mothers. I, I understand that. There may be situations that cause pain. I, I understand it. So I'm not want to gloss over that. <clears throat> um, we don't want it to be a painful day for anybody. But at the same time, the Bible teaches us how to look in the present and forward as well. It teaches us that no matter if we are a mother or not, we're connected to one in some way, shape, or fashion. Some way, shape, or fashion, we're connected to a mother. Or you may be a mother-to-be, or you maybe have these new ones, and you're going, what's this? I mean, I don't know how to function all this that's going on. It reminds me of Carla and I, um, as we are at a different point in life, we've decided uh, some years we get a, a zoo membership. That sounds romantic, doesn't it? A couple going to the zoo, right? And uh, smelling all those smells and looking at all these animals. I, in our mind's eye, that's what we see. But you know what we found the first couple times we went to the zoo? When we pull in the parking lot and there's like 20 school buses lined up? We're coming back tomorrow. <laughs> the Bible tells us that the children are a blessing of the Lord. But when I show up at the zoo and I see all those school buses and all those little kids, there's somebody else's blessing that day. <laughs> I say that jokingly. Obviously, we love children. But point of view is so interesting to me because it just, it, 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 sometimes we overlook or gloss over certain things just because of where we are. I haven't read this in a while. I, I pulled this out of my file, <clears throat> and it's, uh, it's some little funny, some life lessons I've learned from my mother. So many of you have probably heard these before. Some may have not. But, you know, mom's logics, mother's logic can be so entertaining sometimes. My mom was very 
she would fall into some of these categories, I would assume. And then the benefit of being married to Carl is I get to watch a mom in action from, like, here's my mom growing up. And now I get to watch a mother in action. And Carla definitely fits in this list. A mother's logic. My mother taught me logic. If you fall off that swing and break your neck, you can't go to the store with me. See the logic? A mother's... Uh, A mother's dialogue. Let's do that one. A mother's dialogue. You know, what were you thinking? Answer me when I talk to you. Don't you talk back to me. All in one sentence. It's just a run-on sentence all in one. You know, cover all the bases. I'm getting a lot of head nods out there like, yep. How about a mother's humor? When the lawnmower cuts your toe off, don't come running to me, right? On and on we could go with these little funny. Mothers can teach anticipation. You just wait till your father gets home. That's the worst one for me, because I would hear that. Like, you wait till your father gets home. And then when I come home, they're like, you know what they did? You know what your little angel did? And I'm going, okay. And uh, that doesn't end well for anybody. That just doesn't end well for anybody. There's fun times. There's entertaining times. And, you know, I'm reminded that if you don't laugh, man, learn how to put humor and laughter and good times in a home. And a mother is in a great position to do that. There's a difference between a house and a home. You know what the difference is? The people. A house is just a structure. That's all it is. It's going to come and go and fall down or be repaired and all, all those things. But a home, a home, <coughs> a home is a mother is in the greatest position of influence, a greater position of influence perhaps, even than a father. On Father's Day, we'll talk about their role as well. But I want you to think about mothers of the Bible for just a moment. Think about this. I don't necessarily advocate the first one, but mother, well, actually I would. Moses' mother broke the law for him. Remember the story? Remember the woman before King Solomon? She gave her child away rather than wanting to see harm come to them. James and John, mother, wanted them to be on both sides of Jesus in heaven. Proverbs 31 that Pastor Roger mentioned is a mother's counsel to a son picking a wife. You know, what? I, the mother that oftentimes we don't think about on this day is actually Mary, the mother of Jesus. You know, the Bible tells us toward Luke, toward the end of it, that she pondered these things in her heart. She shored them up. So I want to speak this morning... <clears throat> If I may speak this morning to um, just mothers, make sure, sure this up or, or start instilling this in your, in your homes now, okay? Fathers, you need to undergird these things. Actually, fathers, you need to lead, but, but you can help that home, help your wife to make sure these things are in the home. You lead, they'll get it there. Availability. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 6. <clears throat> Deuteronomy chapter 6. Usually at this time of year, you know, when on Mother's Day, there's two main texts, you go three. Proverbs 31, you'd hit Anna, and then you can hit Lois and, 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 and Eunice. Uh, 
and I may at the very end, I'm, I'm really trying to not to do the stereotypical talking points, but we are reminded that this is the word of God, which gives us clear direction. Availability. How available are you to your family? Think about that for a moment. Just because you're in the, the same dwelling place for a length of time, are you still available? Do they have your attention and undivided attention? I'm bad about that one. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 and 7. We're going to look at two verses, then we'll walk it back a little bit. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7, and it reads, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Say heart. Don't overlook verse 6. Men and women, believers. Now, who's being, uh, Moses is writing through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to the father and the mother, <clears throat> to the Israelites, the believers. And he's telling them, these words which I command you shall be in your life. Not in a book on a shelf, not in a book, get it out once a week, not on your phones, get in it as you can. That's not what it's saying. In your heart. Where your heart goes is where everything else is going to go. Bible, Jesus taught us that. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, and vice versa. When God's, oh, verse 7, you shall teach them diligently to your children. You can't, by the way, you can't teach, you can't leave where you're not going. You can't teach what's not in your heart. You're going to struggle to teach what's not in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit down in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. You've probably heard this portion of scripture before. <clears throat> but what's going on here? God's people were about to enter this promised land. And God wanted them in a right moral condition. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been in this situation? I've been thinking about this scenario a lot. Where you've wanted something so bad. You've wanted it. Whether it be a situation, economics, money. It, I, where you wanted something so bad. That th then when you finally got it. That you didn't know what to do. Have you ever been like that? Where you don't know how to act, you don't know what to do. I've, I've worked for this my whole life or something of that nature. And then when you get it, you don't, I, I don't know what to do. That is a dynamic for Israel here. They've heard about a promised land. That God said, he, he kept telling them and promising them. They knew where it was. They knew what was in it. it was, it's in their mind's eye. God had been telling them. They had been telling them all these things. And they're getting ready to go, they're getting ready to cross, they're getting ready to have what they've always wanted. They're getting ready to have what God had promised. And he wanted them to be morally in the right condition. The point is, no matter what you want, if you're not in a morally right condition, you're going to mess it up. And I'm not talking about just morality, behave good, act good. I'm talking about walking with our God. So he instructs them. That's why we have the word of God. That's why Deuteronomy exists. That's why the New Testament exists. We think it's a book of rules and instructions. It's not. It's a life book. He wants us in the right moral condition so that we don't mess this thing up. 
They were to live out and even testify to the truth that God is the only true God. You make, you got all that out of verse 6 and 7? Look in verse 3 and 4. Go to chapter 6, verse 3 and, f- <coughs> 3 and 4. Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, <clears throat> that it may be well with you, that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, he is one. Say one. Oh, I'm so grateful. We don't have to grope and guess about our God. The Bible is clear. It's not what the Bible says as you interpret it. It's how God means it. It's God's interpretation is the only one that matters. So we see in verse 3 and 4 that they're to be in a right morally condition. They were to live out and testify the truth that God is one. Is that being done in your homes? You may be thinking, whew. I've already raised mine. I got grandkids. They come, they go. We're good. You still have a home. You still have a home. These things need to be front and center in your life. Love him supremely and keep his word. Look in verse 5 and 6. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. This is echoed in Matthew 22 by Jesus. And these words words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Love him supremely and keep his word. Teach this to their children. Look in verse 7. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you uh, sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. Now, many people hear that verse and think, I'm going to scare my children away. I'm going to scare my teenagers away. I'm going to scare everybody away from me because if I read this and hear this correctly, the way I think I'm hearing it, read it, I'm going to be preaching all the time. That's what Pastor Scott does. I don't want to be like him all the time. I don't want to be that guy. I'm trying to raise a family. How do I do this when I'm watching Square Bob, SpongeBob and all that stuff with my kids? How do I do that then? How does this work? How does all this work? What he's saying is as you're living, these things are to be in your heart. Did you just connect the dots right there? If they're in your heart, you're going to be ready. Because, listen, people are going to ask questions at the wrong time. Life is going to happen at the wrong time. It's not going to happen as you plan it. But if these things are in your heart and you're walking with the Lord in your home, you'll be ready. You'll be ready. Teach this to your children. By the way, if you're thinking my child, I want my child to find, let me use this word. I want my child to find their own way. I want my child to find their own religion. I really don't want to influence them too much. I remember watching I do not advocate this program, but it makes me laugh. All in the family. An old meathead. Watch this. Dan, watch this. Who's never heard of the show All in the Family? Yep, there they are. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Now I'm distracted. So, but he, in one episode, the son-in-law 
said he didn't want to influence his child in any way, shape, or form on religion. He wants them to find his own way. Don't you dare adapt that way of thinking. Because somebody's going to teach them. Somebody's going to influence them. You may think, yeah, but it's not religion. It's going to be humanistic teaching. It's going to be self-centered teaching. It's going to be ultimately evil. Anything not toward our Lord is incorrect, false, and evil. Wake up. Wake up. Don't you let somebody else teach your child the doctrines, the things of God. Somebody's going to teach them and influence them. Why wouldn't it be you? You are in the greatest position, mothers. You are in the greatest position, fathers, to teach your children these things. Look in verse 8. Verse 8 was really manipulated later in, in, as, as Israel moved on. You shall bind them as a sign around your hands, and, you shall, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You know, verse 8 is interesting <clears throat> because they would literally put things on their body, literally, in order. They took that verse out of context. That's not what he's saying there. What that verse is saying is bind them on their hands. That means their actions. And their eyes, their, their desires. It wasn't meant to be literal. But many literally did these things. We see it in the New Testament era. Where they would do that to these, to these children. Availability. Are you available? Can I speak to grandparents for a moment? You're in another great position. A great position. To have influence. Be available if you're, listen, if your mom and dad are working and it's summertime, if you have the availability to, to spend time with your grandchild, maybe you're babysitting them or just wanting to spend time and you have a pool or whatever it is, I don't care what it is, spend that time with them. When in doubt, take them for ice cream. It always works. Build that relationship, but you got to be available. Think about Sometimes, we, sometimes our lives are not as busy as we make them out to be. What I've found about life is you make them as busy sometimes as you want them to be. If you're like a type A personality, OC, you know, you're just bouncing all over the place. You know, I own a lot of things that I have no business owning. And it makes my life busier. But when you, when you prioritize things, availability, be available for what matters. Be available for what matters most. Next, next thing is this, as I was thinking of mothers today, is involvement. Be involved in your life. Now, don't be a helicopter parent, but be involved. Look in Philippians, <clears throat> I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 6. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 6. Involvement. Interacting, conversing, thinking. Listen to this. Chapter uh, 6, verse 4. Now I'm going to explain a word here in a moment. And you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. If you've been heard my vo voice any time before on Mother's Day and Father's Day, you've probably heard that ver verse. We need to be reminded... 
what is being talked about. The direct command. Verse uh, 4 where it says, and you fathers. In the Greek, that is actually a neutral gender word. What it means is parents. Parents is what it means. And you parents do not provoke your children to wrath. Don't make the rules so tight they can never keep you happy or never achieve them. Don't make them so loose that there's no boundaries. That's what, don't exasperate them. <clears throat> but verse 4 is telling us to be interacting, talking, conversing, thinking. You know what I love to do to people? I still love to do it. Ask them open-ended questions. Just add, I did it to Ken Dady last week. He was up here. He was pumping hands, bouncing off the room. I said, Ken, look, come here for a minute. Look back. What do you see? And I love just to hear his, I love asking open-ended questions. It gets people talking and thinking so much. With your children, try to ask, grandchildren, try to ask open-ended questions and help them as they process life, process it together with them. When life happens to them, be with them or be, be close by. Have a lifelong open-ended conversation with the people that you have influence over. Lifelong. You remember when Jim Smith was here, Missionary Japan? <clears throat> remember when he said that, man, I, I haven't seen Scott in years, and we came back and we picked up literally right where we left off? That conversation started 20 years ago. And it was, it was exactly how it was, just an open-ended. What we're doing is processing life together. Or... You can just give them this, and they'll tell them all about life. They'll process life for them. I think we know how that ends. The parent who studied, this is a quote. It's a great quote. If you want it, see me afterward, I'll give it to you. This is a quote from Susanna Wesley. John and uh, Charles Wesley um, were <clears throat> uh, very influential um, I'm going to mess the time frame up here, early in our country's history, on revivals and, and getting the word of God, the gospel message throughout our country. John and Charles Wesley, they um, are very, very famous, very famous in our circles. But their mother, watch this, two, two, two brothers, and there are, um, I think there was 12, no, she had a lot of kids. She had like, a, like too many but listen to this quote. Two, two young men that helped to insert the word of God and the spirit of God into the United States of America. Listen to this quote from their mother. The parent who studies to subdue self-will in his child works together with God in renewing and saving a soul. The parent who indulges it does the devil's work makes religion impractical, salvation unattainable, and does all that is in him lies to damn her child, soul and body forever. Susanna Wesley, end of quote. That's a, heavy, that's a heavy line there. And it helps us to understand the weightiness of your role. Helps us to feel that just a little bit. I think the easiest one to talk about on Mother's Day is the third one is nurture. The nurturing. I think we can all understand it. And I learned something new about a Greek word uh, studying for this that I did not know. And that word uh, for th that's going to be used here in a moment is referring to a mother's love is actually a Greek 
connotation to it. Turn with me to Titus 2.4. <clears throat> Titus 2.4. Titus 2.4, this section is the qualities of a sound church. Qualities of a sound church is kind of the section here. But I want you to consider the word nurture here today. We know what that is, whether we've been nurtured or have nurtured others. When somebody gets hurt or they're ailing, we know what that comfort can be like and feel like. And uh, we scrape our knee and we know how to come alongside. Where does that come from? Titus 2.4 says that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children. So what's going on there in the middle of 2, 4? Actually, you've got to read verse 3 to grab a hold of it. And it's an instruction to the church. It gives instruction from men to young men, from women to young women. Verse 3, the older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. Look at verse 4. That they admonish the younger women to love their husbands and to love their children. You may be thinking, well, if that's commanded, if they're having, they're, they're younger and they're believers, they're having to be commanded to love their husbands and to love their children, why would that be? Because it wasn't being, it needed to be reminded, it wasn't being accomplished, it wasn't being done. We are told that a mother's love is perfect by society. Watch, just watch. Watch your news feeds. Watch your social media today. It probably already started yesterday. But watch it today. How much you're going to see these mother things. Mother, 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 mother. Compared to on Father's Day. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I, years ago, I had heard this. That a prison had sent they ordered uh, Mother's Day uh, stationery for, for these guys to be able to send um, <clears throat> cards and, and things to, these, to their mothers. And they didn't order enough. So they had to order like an extra thousand or whatever the number was. And they said, ooh, Father's Day's coming up. Let's get ahead of this. And they ordered the proper amount of what they thought they needed for Father's Day. Father's Day fell way short in comparison to Mother's Day. Well, I think we, think we feel that one, don't we? <clears throat> watch your social media today. It'd be interesting to watch how some of these, the way these things can get lifted up sometimes. It's a facade. The truth is we don't always love perfectly. Many times we choose to love self, and that includes mothers as well. They choose to love themselves more than their offspring, more than their child. And you think, well, that's not a very appeasing message for Mother's Day. No, but it's true. We can tap dance around and act like the world's perfect and that our families are perfect. We can, we can do that or we can be genuine today. We need to be reminded to love ladies, young mothers, young women, to love your husbands, to love their children. Put their heart ahead of yours. But not, but not today. Today's Mother's Day. You don't have to do it today. This direction is for all the time. <clears throat> Teach young mothers to love their children. And this encompasses all the nurturing. That love is a big, ginormous word. 
Galatians chapter 2. Go, go back a book or two to Galatians. Eh, more than a book or two, but go back a couple books. Galatians chapter 5. Now, this is the fruit of the Spirit. <coughs> this is the fruit of the Spirit that we're talking about. But does this not fit the nurture that's being referred to here, that the Holy Spirit is working out in these young mothers if they are believers. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Why do we read it? Why are we... I, I thought we were talking about mothers. Now we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Young, believing mothers. Do you not want any and all of that into your life as you... Mother, your children and grandchildren? The answer is yes. This is what you're trying to accomplish, and perhaps you're trying to accomplish it all by yourself. Let the Holy Spirit have your life. You know, so many times, no matter if it's a hobby or a work, sometimes we work too hard at it. Sometimes. It's important to work, but sometimes you have to let the, let it, let, you have a part, but especially here in your walk, let the Holy Spirit have it. You're trying too hard. The fruit of the Spirit can be and should be applied at home first and foremost. <clears throat> nurture, nurture comes in many forms. It's, sometimes it's a word. It's a, it's a word spoken in the right time, a verbal support. In fact, I was teasing uh, Andrew and Spencer I'm going to all the young people today going, how are you showing honor to your mom today? How are you showing love to your mom today? Spencer, I love it. I can say it because he's not in here. I said, Spencer, how are you showing the love to your mom? He come walking in. He says, eh, probably not. I'm probably going to say something sarcastic and bugger all day. That was, that was his answer. That was his love language to his mom. So when I'm telling Melissa that, she got the biggest grin on her face. That's what she wants. That's what she wants. And then Andrew, of course, he's going to show love by mom by going out to eat with her and telling her he loves her and all those things. I said, do you have any skin in the game at all today? Not so much. But the point is love language, words of what words can do and what words can mean. Verbal support. Mothers, the verbal support. You know, your you know how to get the right word at the right time in there. You also know how to use the wrong word at the wrong time, don't we? Give them freedom to fail. Acceptance. Affection. Love. They're all snuggled up in one word. Nurture. Think about this word. Integrity. <clears throat> I want to share a the importance of scripture, which, which we, I think we know and understand the most um, at, at our church. We, these things have to be in, in our lives and then, of course, in our children's lives. Yesterday was the Awana Handbook Party. Now think about that for a moment. The Awana Handbook Party. Why do we have that party? Yay, because you accomplished something. Well, it is a reward, but it's even in the handbook party, it still draws attention to Awana, which draws attention to our God. 
the, the importance of the word of God in our children's lives cannot be overstated. But it's way better lived out, perhaps, than it is stated. People will see it. People will see it. So we asked the question, how will the world know we are believers? How will the world know we are believers? By uh, what church we go to? By our bumper stickers? How will they, by our, by our fees? How will the world know we are believers? Terminology, the way we dress, how are they going to know? Well, the Bible tells us that they'll know we are Christians by our love. Actions, love. By our love, John 13, 35. Hey, mothers, how will your children know that you're a believer? Same way, by your love. You know, the Bible, I actually read a little article um, about this. Um, the, as we talk about God, our Father, <clears throat> you know, there's several portions of Scripture that shows him being tender and gentle like a mother. Like, like, like the, 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 the one that brings her chicks in under her wing. Tender, tender and nursing. And as we think back, there is one last area I want us to consider this morning as it relates to mothers. <laughs> and it has to do with this guy named Timothy. He had a mother and a grandmother that was so influential in his life that the word that is used is genuine faith that was found in him. Unhypocritical faith. No father is mentioned. No grandfather is mentioned. These things were lived out before him. The last portion of scripture I want us to consider is Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. <clears throat> and then... As Andrew and I was, Andrew Ridings and I was talking this morning, like invitation, what we want it to look like. We're going to do something unique today. We want to encourage and open up a prayer time for the mothers. Maybe you need to come and pray for yourself. Maybe you need to come and pray for your child. Maybe you need to come uh, pray. My grandmother may need to come and pray. We're, hey, men, we may need to come and pray. And, and, and as we're undergirding the mothers in our lives, as we're undergirding them, it may be a reminder to us to where we're not supportive. The last area I want us to consider is to instill a desire to minister. Instill a desire to minister in as, as motherhood. You can instill that desire by modeling first. We was talking in Faithful Life how amazing it is, and I don't like to talk about it too much because I don't want to scare you off of it. But you know, for a church our size... To have a building. This room right here, these chairs get up and down two times a week, sometimes more. They, they can't wait until June, July, and August sometimes. There's no chair ministry. You're robbed of a blessing June, July, and August because we're not taking chairs up and down. And you know, the guys, and mainly the men, and that's how it should be, to do that, minist that ministry. 
it's not small. It's a big deal. It's a real big deal to be able to do it without a lot of instruction. It just happens. Not just because it needs to be done. You know why these things get tore up and set down and set back up? So that ministry of God's word can take place. Even in Awana. Instill a desire to minister. Acts chapter 16, <clears throat> verse 1 through 3. I was just talking about Timothy. Now we go to other portions of scripture for him. But I want you to look at these three verses as we talk about instill a desire to minister. Verse 1 says, Then he came to Darby and Lystra, and behold, a, a, young, <clears throat> a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed, but his father was Greek. That's the only reference to his father right there. He was well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted to have... <clears throat> Him go on with him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in the region, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. Verse 1 through 3, there's qualities that stand out that have the prince of his mother and his grandmother, not his father. He was a strong believer, referred to as a disciple, not just a believer in verse 1. Catch that? Came to Darby, Lystra, behold, a certain disciple was there. A learner was there. A learner of the way was there. You know what we see in verse 2? He had a good reputation. He was well spoken of by the brethren. Don't you hate when people talk about you? Doesn't it just gnaw at you when people talk about you? You know what I've learned about that? People are going to talk anyways. Just don't give them anything bad. You're not going to stop them. But he was a man of... <clears throat> a good reputation in verse 2. And number 3, you know what he was? He was available. He went where the ministry took him and he did what the ministry would have him to do. Did you catch that? In three verses, that's kind of easy to look over right there. Three things. He was a strong believer, he had a good reputation, and he was available. Paul wanted Timothy to be his spiritual assistant to replace somebody else. Think about that for a moment. Can I tell you something as a pastor that um, sometimes a lot of things need to be done that you don't know about. And if I have to go to somebody or ask somebody, I'll say, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? A lot of times one of the first questions is why? 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 And that's okay. I get it. I got it. But, man, it's refreshing when someone goes, if I ask somebody, are you able to do this? They go, yep, it's done. Oh, sometimes that's just so refreshing. But... Here he was available. What did, what does the ministry need? Paul, what is needed? And he was there. He was called a beloved son in 1 Corinthians 4. His own son of faith in 1 Timothy chapter 1. And there was no one else like him. Philippians 2, Paul refers to him as. There's no one else like him. Well, what made Timothy so special? He must have been very talented. Probably good looking, good dress. I don't know. All that, that's not what makes you special. And that's not what makes you vital and important to the ministry. It's your walk with the Lord. It's your genuine faith. <clears throat> so to conclude this morning, that's what I want us to do. Mothers, you've been esteemed this morning. No matter where you are, you are connected to a mother in some way, shape, or fashion. I'm certain of it. 
I want us this morning, as a body of believers, to take this time and pray for the mothers that are in your life. I mean genuinely pray. Not just shoot one up. Genuinely lift them up by name. Call them out. If you want to come up front, that's fine. If you want to come sit up front, that's fine. Andrew's going to play a song and we do that so that you can be prayed for. Now, you may think, well, that, that's good, Mother's Day. But listen, this is one day when you know that you're going to have somebody in a concerted effort praying for you. It may be the person next to you. It may be somebody around you. It may be the one day when you're going to actually follow through and pray for the people you love when you come up and pray. And all this, of course, is predicated on the love that God has for us. We can't love. Even this mother and grandmother that seem to have all these things in place, their love is from the Father. God is loved who loved us first. I was watching the children on the screen when they said, uh, I love my mom because... And I'm sitting there thinking, how would I answer that one? Be funny? Be, I, I don't know that I could do it. How do you sum that up, right? And my answer, sitting right there in Molly's seat, by the way. I heard you say, he's in my seat. How about, this was my answer. I love my mom because she loved me first. Where does that come from? First John chapter 4. He loved us first. Let's bow for a time of prayer as we think about these things. And it is a time of prayer, but it will also be a time of counsel. We haven't even mentioned the name of Jesus Christ in the message, but it goes <clears throat> now and stated now that because of his love for us and the connectivity to our Father, that we can know and understand and love thoroughly. Lord, bless this time and make it your own as I step down and the prayer altar is open. I pray that you would draw us unto you to pray for the mothers that are in our lives. The, the way we're connected, it may be a sister that is a mother. May we pray for them. Maybe an aunt. Take this time and make it your own as we want to follow through on your commands to love and pray for one another on this Mother's Day. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Would you stand with us? As I step down, the altar again is open. Come and pray. You may want to nudge your mother. She's here. Take her by the hand and come down and pray as a family right here. Wouldn't that be awesome? But that's your decision. Won't you come?
All right, with just a couple of announcements, we'll, we'll be dismissed here in a second. I wanted to uh, let you know, uh, mothers or uh, family members, there's a... Uh, area back in the back for pictures to uh, be taken with your with your mom and family members so please do that on your way out also if you had a, uh, a picture taken out there on mother's day during the banquet time uh, those are available i think maybe uh, eric throckmorton's been uh, going around to uh, hand those out to everybody but if, if you were there didn't get a picture please be sure to see him and he'll get you uh, a picture that was taken also, uh, Secret Sisters, remember, if you're, over, uh, if you're participating in that, check over here on the table on the, in the hallway to see if you have any uh, gifts from your Secret Sister. And then one last thing is uh, the Prem Picnic is coming up on uh, June the 4th at 3 p.m. There's a sign-up sheet on the Welcome Center and a uh, directions. So it's a Sunday afternoon, so please, uh, please be sure to uh, sign up for that so they can get an account for how many... Uh, uh, what is it, ribeyes or what, Dan? Oh, <laughs> for, for, for the food, for the food. So uh, please be sure to sign up for that. Uh, with that, you are dismissed. God bless.
praise you glorious 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 